Now to a CNN exclusive report, an inside look at an elite Ukrainian sniper unit armed with Western-made weapons taking out Russian targets. CNN's chief international security correspondent, Nick Payton Walsh, brings us this report. They're never seen and heard fire only once. Their targets just drop. Ukraine's elite sniper unit from the security services, the SBU, are usually invisible. Like the US Delta Force, chosen for fitness and intelligence. Unlike Delta, fighting for their homeland survival for nearly 18 months. They gave CNN a rare interview as they honed their sniper scopes to broadcast the damage they say they've been doing to Russian front lines. It's sniper terror, he says. That's when we hit every target we spot. It demoralizes them and kills their will to do anything against us. But it's not always one-sided. Five weeks ago, they stumbled at night into a Russian recon group. We were in the grey zone between our lines, the commander says, using a guide from another unit. But we ran into a Russian assault group doing pretty much the same thing as us, moving towards our front position. We opened fire, our guide was wounded. We suppressed them, pulled him out, called in artillery and then watched them fall back with their wounded. They do not always escape. Sasha knows that too well. I've lost many people, he says. The best ones leave us first. His upper lip folds in slightly from an injury when a large shell hit his chest, legs and face last March. It was unpleasant, he says, but I had 16 operations to rebuild my bones and teeth and I got back into the fight. Western help has kept them afloat, they say. This anti-armour Barrett sniper rifle, a donation, used so often that its suppressor has come loose and attaches. These machines and men working at a tempo they were probably not designed for. They know why they are here, though. My son is growing up, Sasha says. He's little, but he already trains, already knows who the enemy is, and that is Russia hoping each single shot brings Russian defeat closer. Now, Wolf, you saw there, that's a unit functioning sometimes deep inside Russian territory. Weapons you saw there used so much that even the suppressor flew off one of the more high-tech sniper rifles because of the amount it's been used. One of their larger weapons, in fact, used so much, it's out of operation at the moment. These are dedicated elite troops doing all they can, and frankly, I think they find the criticism from some Western analysts of the counter-offensive's progress offensive. They know how hard their task is, and they say they're prosecuting it every night as best they can. Wolf. Nick Payton, watch on the front lines in Zaporizhia, Ukraine. Thank you very much, Nick. Stay safe over there. Meanwhile, some of Russia's key allies and other world leaders are meeting in South Africa for a major summit, but Russian President Vladimir Putin notably did not attend in person, instead appearing virtually alongside his counterparts. For the backstory on this, I'm joined by McCain Institute Executive Director Evelyn Farkas and by Georgetown University adjunct professor Jill Doherty. Uh, Jill, let me start with you. Putin passing up this opportunity to be on the global stage is likely related to the International Criminal Court warrant for his arrest for war crimes in Ukraine. Walk us through the significance of that and how his absence could impact his strongman image. 
Well, Wolf, it's obviously very embarrassing for the Kremlin. They really wanted him to go to this meeting, a summit with the BRICS, as they're called, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And uh, the problem was that, as you mentioned, the International Criminal Court a while ago actually issued an arrest warrant for President Putin uh, because of alleged crimes, human uh, rights violations concerning children, by the way, in Ukraine. So South Africa, which is a signatory to the ICC, would be duty bound to arrest him. That could be a, you know, a diplomatic disaster for South Africa. So they finally came to an agreement and the foreign minister of Russia will go. But Putin was there. Uh, in his chair in the Kremlin, uh, doing a virtual meeting. But it's, it's certainly not what they wanted. Yeah, certainly embarrassing indeed. Evelyn, how do you read Putin's virtual appearance as he works to try to rehabilitate his image after the Wagner mutiny? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Jill. It's not making him look very strong. He clearly cannot travel at will. <laughs> um, South Africa is one of, I think, about 132 countries that are signatories to the International Criminal Court. So that leaves a lot of the territory of the world that he can't go to. Um, and so that does make him look weak. He's trying to compensate by talking about expanding the number of countries that might join the BRICS. Of course, you'd have to rename the organization because, as Jill explained, the letters, BRIC is actually the first letter of each country. And I don't know what countries he has in mind. He also talks a lot about, you know, the, the number of the populations represented by that group as if quantity is somehow going to compensate for lack of democratic quality. Yeah, Evelyn Farkas and Jill Doherty, ladies, thank you very much.